continuing our series, uh, Sounds Familiar, looking at some Bible verses that uh, maybe you've heard before, you might have been in church before, maybe you haven't, but maybe some of these verses are a little bit familiar. Last week we, we took on probably the classic, if you, if you were to say, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The one this morning, it's uh, slightly different to this one, uh, with a slightly different uh, take. Um, but maybe you've heard a parent or an authority figure or maybe a youth leader say to you, uh, ease up, you've had a few too many. We're talking about don't get drunk with wine. Anyone ever had that said to them? Don't get drunk with wine. We've got our Voltage in with us. This is good wisdom and learning for you guys, all right? <laughs> Ephesians 5.18, it says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we... Uh, I, I want to pray, but I, I wonder whether you would pray with me and pray a prayer, uh, I, I guess a prayer of surrender. Uh, we're going to go into a time of worship where we continue to sing and we continue to give our lives to God. And if, if it's anything like the first service, which I know it will be, um, there was some real powerful impartation. God did some really powerful things in, in some people. And we're really believing that, that today there's going to be an unlocking of something in our lives. And I, I really believe that it, it all comes down to our response. It all comes down to what I would call our surrender. Would, would I surrender my life fully to God in order to receive everything that he would have? I think, I think we put the limit on what God will do when we refuse or we, we, we push away from God. And I'm going to share a little bit of this this morning. But would you pray a prayer with me of, of, of open surrender to say, God, whatever you've got, whatever it looks like, I'm in. Anyone prepared to take on that challenge today and see what God might do in our lives? Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. I surrender my life to you again today. I say whatever you want for me, I want it. Lord, anything I need to let go, I surrender it. I give it over to you. Speak to our hearts. God, may we be captivated with you. Let our worship be authentic. May it honor you. And may you do what you want to do in our lives. We surrender our lives to you again afresh today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, let me just make it really clear. You know, in this passage, Paul, the writer of uh, the, the book of Ephesians, he he didn't mean don't get drunk on wine, but beer and spirits are okay. All right? It wasn't, wasn't specifying just wine. You know, wine was probably the, the alcoholic beverage of the day. And so there was probably an assumption we could make, just don't get drunk. So that was pretty clear, pretty obvious what was being spoken there. Now, growing up um, in, in my family, uh, we didn't have a lot of alcohol in our home. Mum and dad didn't really drink. Uh, wasn't we were opposed to it. It just wasn't a part of uh, who we were as a family. Uh, I didn't attend school parties, to be honest. Just not interested. Um, I I saw the behaviour and I didn't really appeal to me. Uh, hearing about these drunken parties where that was so awesome, but I don't remember a thing that happened. You know, it just like doesn't make any sense. I also was a part of the Northern football. Uh, Northern United, and at 16 years old, I, I was part of the team, and we would go down every fortnight and uh, down to Auckland. And so the trip back was normally a, a drunken, debaucherous affair. Um, and it was, you know, I kind of looked back and I went, that's not kind of the life I want to live. And so, so 
I kind of made that decision quite early on that that's not how, you know, that, that wasn't how I was going to spend my youth years. And so as a result of that, uh, I just didn't really drink a lot, but there was one time I got slightly drunk, and here's the embarrassing part, it was on a missions trip. So um, <laughs> let me unpack it before you judge me and walk out of this place, um, and I'll explain what actually happened, you know explain away my ungodly behavior. And um, please, please, young people, I know you're sitting in here. This is not, well, my pastor did this, and so therefore you can learn from my mistakes so you don't go there yourself, okay? Nod your head in agreement. Brilliant. Fantastic. So uh, so I was a part of a, a ministry called Soccer Plus. Soccer Plus, we would, uh, we, the, the heart, heartbeat of this mission was um, the, the passage in Corinthians that says, I have become all things to all people so that some might be saved. In other words, I've become a footballer so that some footballers might be saved. I've become a business person so that business people might be saved. I've become a teacher so children might be saved. You know, so each of us have a calling in order to do what we're doing so that people would come to know Christ. And so, so we went on the very first missions trip. It was amazing, just an incredible experience. And we, I went over to Czechoslovakia um, back, back when it was the Czech Republic. And, uh, and so we were there in Singapore. And so we would go to clubs and we'd play a game of football. And then we'd go into the club room afterwards. We'd, we'd uh, have a conversation. We'd, we'd um, share the gospel. And we'd do some coaching with kids. And it was, it was great. So I went to this one particular game, 30 degree temperature. It was hot finish the game, go back into the club rooms. I didn't fully rehydrate, and you can, you can hear where this is going. So sitting down, and uh, normally I just, I just order a Coke or, a, or, or an orange juice, and the guy offers me a beer. Now, he speaks Czech, I speak English. We weren't connecting at all. There was no connection there. And, and I'm, I'm refusing the beer, and, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm just going to. And, and I could tell he was starting to get a little bit offended. It's like, well, here, here, you know, I'm offering my hospitality. You don't want my hospitality? And uh, so I kind of looked to one of my older, one of the older team members. He goes, "Yeah, just, just, just a little bit." Yeah. So I drank the beer, and that was fine. And then they pulled out these shot glasses, and I had no idea what was in it. But when I put two of those down, me, and one of my teammates came over and sat beside me and said, "I, I think you've had enough, Mike." I'm like, you know, naive. I had no idea what that might do to me. Until about 10 minutes later, my head starts to, you know, just buzzing a little bit. And maybe some of you have been drunk before. You might know what that feeling is like. And, and all of a sudden, I could feel myself going, oh, this is a little bit out of control. And fortunately, I didn't embarrass myself, my team, or Jesus too much. Um, I didn't, it didn't go much beyond that. But that was a life lesson right there. And I just didn't go there again. I went, I, I didn't like the feeling of not. You know, being fully in control of my, my thoughts and my, my behavior. Um, so learn from your pastor. Don't go there. And I realized, too, that the passage in 2 Corinthians, I've become all things to all people, does not mean I've become a drunk so that I can reach drunks. All right? So, so nothing good comes out of getting drunk. And some of you who have been there can give me a great big amen on that one. And that's why this verse is saying, don't get drunk with wine. Don't get drunk, but instead be filled with the Spirit. And over my life, I remember times where I've been filled with God's presence. His Spirit has, has moved in my life, and I remember these moments like, like they were yesterday. And maybe you're, you're new in your journey with God, and you're just discovering what it looks like to follow Him and what God might do in your life. When you give your life to Christ, when you surrender your life, when you ask God to forgive you of your sins, the Bible says His Spirit comes and lives within you. And so we are filled 
with His Spirit. And when His Spirit is in us, it enables us to live the life that God would have for us to live. And when we trust and we rely on God's Spirit, and when we, when we put all of, our, all of our hope in God, and we don't try and live out of ourselves, but out of the power that He would give us, that's when life gets exciting. That's when we start to see things take place in our lives and the people around us. I remember the very first time I had an encounter with God and His, his Spirit. I was about 11 years old, and I was at a, I was at a um, Christian camp. And I remember, I was singing, I think the song was More Love, More Power. Those of you from the 80s will probably remember that song. Anytime that song sung, I remember this moment where I felt God's love for the very first time. It was like he put this big warm blanket over the top of me, just like this love blanket. And I cried. I cried like for a whole hour. I was 11 years old and that wasn't cool. All right? It wasn't cool as an 11-year-old to be crying in front of all of my friends. But, but all of a sudden, I just felt like God loved me. I know another time I was at City Elam in, in Cook Street down in Auckland and the speaker was speaking and, and, and invited us forward and during the worship and, and I just felt the power of God and I, my body started shaking. I'm like, whoa, what is happening here? It was kind of, kind of a little bit scary, but it was awesome. And, and, and then there've been other moments where I'm surrendering my life and I'm, I'm saying, God, I've got these really cool plans, but you're not listening to any of them. Anyone, anyone ever got really good plans and you kind of submit them to God? And he says, yeah, I've got another plan. I've got something else. And, 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 but it was, it was, my heart was breaking. I, I desired these things in my life. And, and in worship, I just had to say, God, I surrender and I trust you. And I felt his love and his peace come. I remember sitting on the Mount Beach with my laptop open, writing my resignation letter. I didn't want to be a pastor anymore because I didn't feel like I was doing any good. I was struggling, I was struggling with the weight and the load and, and just all the mistakes I've made and I just didn't, didn't feel like I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. And I felt God's presence. I had worship music on, I was just singing and surrendering to God and I felt him say, have I not commanded you, Mike, be strong and courageous. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And I just felt again God's presence fill that place and where I wanted to run in the flesh, God says, keep walking, keep stepping, I'm with you. See, these moments, they, they, they can define steps in our journey where we go left or right. But sometimes we can forget. We can forget, we can forget how to be filled. In fact, we can become so good at doing God stuff or Christian stuff or, or do this religious thing that, that we get so good at solving and we, we can speak a word and you know, we'll sort it, we'll solve it. You know? we've, we've got that wisdom, right? And God's saying, I don't want it to work that way. In fact, that won't solve the problem. I want you to rely on me because in your weakness, my strength is perfected in you. And so God wants us to be people that have, we know the word of God, but we've got to be people of the spirit too. We've got to know his word, but we've got to be moving and operating with the power of God in our lives. And, and when we have his word, but we have his spirit, that is a full package. And that's what God wants to do. And he wants us to be continually filled so that whatever we face in life, and there's troubles, there's trials, there's difficult times coming. Don't you worry about it. If you're not in a trial right now, there's one coming. That's a good promise, isn't it? But the great thing is, God is with us and wants to give us power in order to be able to walk through it. Because when people see us walk through our trial, guess what they see? They say, well, you couldn't have done that on your own. That must have been some supernatural power that enabled you to get through it. It's like, yes, that's my Jesus. That's Holy Spirit working in my life. And so when we live a life that's filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? It flows out. And people go, oh, I like what you got. 
I'll have what he's having or I'll have what she's having. And that's a great place for a testimony right there, I reckon. So what happens sometimes is we try to fix things on our own. And so we look at the pain in life. We look at the, the temptation in life, the, the disappointments of life, and we, we, we try to solve it. We try to do something about it. And if you were to walk through the streets of Whangarei, if you were to go into the homes of our neighborhoods, and you would see people trying to deal with these things in their life, and how do we deal with it? Well, number one, we distract ourselves. We distract ourselves. So we find things like entertainment, Netflix, binge-watch series, come on, hobbies, social media, games, anything we can find to distract ourselves from the pain. Second thing we do is we medicate ourselves. That's right. We take something hoping to get rid of that pain and that disappointment. And so what do we do? We, we go to alcohol, maybe drugs, pornography. What about comfort food? Hey, when things aren't going so well, I know which cupboard to hit. It's not good. That's why we get rid of it. Causes us to sin. Get rid of it. Come on. There's a bit too much laughter there. A bit of agreement happening. <laughs> then we compensate. Number three, we compensate. So for our lack. So we, we realize we're lacking something. We, we realize that it's, we, we're, not, we're not as full as we should be. We, we realize that there's things that aren't happening in our life that, that we know in our spirit we, sh, we should be having, we should be experiencing. And so because of that lack, we compensate. We try to fill it with excitement Yep, passion, possession, status, money, success. So we get distracted, we medicate, we compensate, all of these things. We go, we're trying to fix the problem, we go to these places of comfort. We think that this will bring us comfort, but how many people know that that comfort is just, it just turns to guilt and condemnation and addiction and a dependency on something that is nothing what God would want for us. And so we go to these places and then we're trying to solve the problem, but we'll never solve it with these things. And so God's saying, I, I want to fill you. I want to fill you with my presence so that that power will enable you to tackle those things. Those things that, that, that want to rob us of all that God's got for us. So the problem is we feel like a failure. We drift back into these places again. And so when I'm talking about don't get drunk, maybe for some of you, it's not actually alcohol. Alcohol's not your problem. So when I say don't get drunk, it's like, well, that's not me. It's like, well, maybe, maybe for me, maybe for you. It could be eating rubbish food. It could be sleeping too much or not sleeping enough. Going to bed at two in the morning when you should be going to bed at 10 at night, young people. Burying yourself in work. Isolating yourself. You know, we, we, you know you need relationship, but instead of going into that relationship, you pull away. We find ourselves slipping into pornography. Or flirting, engaging in relationships that, that we shouldn't have any part of. Maybe we slip into gambling or spending money you don't have. Going shopping on, uh, on a credit card rather than the cash in your bank. I think that's a word for somebody today. <laughs> Woo, feel the anointing. <laughs> when we find ourselves in these places... We become stale, we drift from the source, we drift from the spring, the giver of life. So we don't want to go there, we don't want to go to that place. When do people get drunk? When do people kind of go to those places of comfort? Well, when they find themselves in despair, in disappointment, boredom, pain, 
when they're heartbroken, when they're grieving, when they're desiring for connection. That's, that's when people go and do that. So when should we be filled up? Same answer. <laughs> so we should be filled up when we're feeling in despair, when we're disappointed, when, when, when we're bored, when we're in pain, when we're brokenhearted, when we're grieving, when we have a desire for connection. That's the time we should say, God, I need you to, to, to fill the gap that I'm trying to fill with all of these things. The devil's desire. Oh, John 10.10, 10, I, I just love that passage. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, life in all its fullness. That's God's desire. But the enemy, he's got a plan as well. The, the thief, the, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to make us lose our connection with God. He wants to complicate our problems. He wants to take our problems and compound them, make them greater, add value to those problems to the point where they become the greatest focus in our life. He wants us to be our weakest self and slip back into these places of, of, of what we think will bring us comfort. God's desire is that we'd be saved, forgiven, connected with God, set free with joy, with purpose, with fulfillment, with destiny. That, that God wants to simplify our problems, not take them away, because those problems, they're a part of us growing in our character and developing. Got a friend in our small group, um, we were talking about trial by fire. We didn't mean literally that his house would burn down, but that happened this week for one of our congregations. Some of you might have heard that. Robbie and Mariska had a fire in the kitchen, and praise God, they're okay. But I don't think that, or we weren't really praying for that literally, but you know, his response is like, oh, well, God's in it through the trial. I'm like, yeah, you're a good man. Tough stuff. But God wants us to be our stronger self. And you know, the, strong, the, the way we become our stronger self is by saying, I'm weak. I'm weak. I don't have what it takes, but God, I'm so glad that you do. And then when I put my trust in you, we're going to be okay. Me and God, we do pretty good. When I try and do it on my own, I don't do so good. But when I recognize my failings, when I recognize my weaknesses, and I take those weaknesses and I say, God, I need your help. Will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Never fail to be all that God's called me to be. So how? This is the big question, the how, how, how. How do we do this? Let's go back to the verse as the team come this morning. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times, and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the how-to of the message. This is the take home. I want you to get this into your heart and into your spirit. Holy Spirit fills me when I worship. Holy Spirit fills me when I worship. If I'm empty, how do I get filled again? I worship. I worship. I find myself in a place of worship and we're going to explain what worship is and what it looks like and what it isn't. Because when we understand, we can be filled. There's a company called Oil Changes. You drive your car in, give the hand the keys over, go into the reception, have your coffee, sit there, read the newspaper, clear your emails, do whatever you like. And while you're waiting, they drain your oil and they fill it up with new, fresh oil. Same kind of principle applies when we worship God. When we wait, God fills us. And when I'm talking to wait, I'm not talking about being wait, being bored. I'm talking about a, an intentional wait an intentional wait with anticipation, with, with, with a listening spirit that says, says God, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. You know, as, as, I'm, as I'm waiting, as I'm worshiping, 
I know you're speaking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that, that thing that you know I've got to let go of, God, I give that to you. I surrender that to you again. It's this intentional waiting as we worship, God will fill us. Holy Spirit fills me when I worship. And sometimes we're not sure how that's going to happen. Sometimes we think we need that really special, important person to put their hand on us and pray for us, and that will fill us. No. I mean, sometimes you get a friend alongside of you, and they agree with you, and, and, and God does an incredible thing. But, but actually, that's not what I'm talking about. It's not about a particular song. It's not about being here on a Sunday, although all of that works, and it's a part of it. It's important we understand that it's a heart response What does the scripture say? Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God. Worship happens when I mean what I sing. So good. When I mean what I sing. So the words we sing, do I mean them? When I mean them, there's there's a transaction that takes place. So when we engage in singing that declares that, comes from our heart that's directed personally to God. It can happen in church. It can happen in a small group. It can even happen in the shower or in the car or on the golf course or out on the boat fishing. In the garden. In the garden. That works too. But it depends on our posture. I want to talk about four postures. Number one, my physical posture. There's so many different descriptions in the Bible of how we can worship God. You know, the Bible says we can clap our hands. Come on, give it a go. Give it a go. We can clap our hands. We can shout. We can shout. We can use our voices to shout. The Bible says we can kneel. We can kneel before God, our maker. We can lift our hands and worship. Some people say, oh, I don't need to lift my hands. It's like I'll give the hold the baby kind of effort, you know. Or maybe it's the Mufasa. But come on, I think we're going to go for the touchdown. See, I, so when, when people say, I, I, I don't have to lift my hands, my question is, but can you and would you? If God said, I want your full surrender, it's like, well, I can only get them up this high. And if you've got a physical condition that doesn't allow your arms to go higher, I get that. But if there's something stopping, it's probably this. It's not a muscular failure. Mm-hmm. There's something in here that says, I'm not prepared to totally surrender to God. But I'll tell you what, in that place, of, yes, God, you got everything. You watch what he does. Our physical posture makes a difference. Can I talk about tunefulness? It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, not a, not a tuneful. Now, I, I love the fact that we have very talented musicians and singers. I mean, I love as they lead us in worship. How many people appreciate our worship team that they can sing in tune? It's good. We, we like that. But it's not tunefulness. It's not tunefulness. That's not the, that's not the focus. If, if any of you know Bob Lawson, he's, he's a legend in the faith. He's, he's, a, he's a father figure in our nation, pastor many Elam churches. Now, that man will never make an audition for American Idol. And he'll be the first to say that he doesn't have a tuneful voice. And if you stand on the front row with him, you will see a man that loves the presence of God. And he will sing with all of his voice. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks. In fact, a number of years ago, I made a decision that I would be the worship leader on any row that I find myself, whether I'm in the front row or I'm in the back row. I'm going to go, if, if you don't know how to worship God, just do what I do. 
It's not that I'm showing off. I don't care what anybody thinks, but I'm saying I don't care anymore what anybody thinks of, of, of how I worship. But when I'm going to worship, I'm going to worship with everything. And sometimes it is raising hands, and sometimes God says, get on your knees, Mike. Would you bow and worship? I'm like, okay, I will. The question is, will you? Can you? Will you? Secondly, is our spiritual posture. What are you declaring? What are you believing to be true? As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, this can be equally translated as sing to yourself. What are you singing to yourself? See, we declare our theology when we sing. Our understanding of God, we're singing. Now, my question is, are we lying when we sing? I mean, truthfully, would it really be, I surrender half of my life? Or am I going to sing, I surrender all? What, what does that actually mean to surrender all? Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. It means that that thing that I'm holding on to, God says, would you give me that too? No. Well, that's going to be our limit. But when we would surrender that to God, He says, no limits. No limits to what I'll do in your life. Thirdly, our emotional posture. Is it from my heart? Is it from a real and emotional, honest place? Come on, God is the one person we can get real and honest with. He knows it all anyway. It's like, oh, that was a surprise to me. God will never, ever say that to us. Wow, I didn't know that was in your heart, Mike. He knows everything about me. And I think when we're real and we're honest, I love that about King David. Man after God's heart. Starts one of his psalms, God, would you break the jaw of my enemy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those could be prayers. Turn those into prayers. But you know what happens is he goes through this process of releasing his anger and his frustration and his disappointment. And he's angry sometimes at God and he's angry at people. But then he turns it around and says, and yet even though I'm feeling all of this, yet I'm still going to praise you. So regardless of circumstance, my posture emotionally, spiritually, physically is to worship God. And lastly, my relational posture, my relational posture. Is it directed personally to God? Is my worship to God? Am I just singing songs or am I connecting with God, my creator? To the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God. Is it about you and Him? Is your worship about your relationship with Him? Is it sung out of knowing God is listening and enjoying your singing? You know, when you open your mouth to sing and you worship, do you sense God's pleasure? Looking down, go, that's my boy. That's my girl. Just love. God loves it when we worship Him with all of our heart. So when we sing or we speak to ourselves, we sing from our heart, we sing with our emotions. When we declare, when we sing, we make music to God, that is worship. Holy Spirit fills me when I worship. We're going to worship in just a moment. But some of you say, well, what if I've already been filled with the Holy Spirit? Haven't I already been filled? I only need to be filled once, right? Anyone leak? That came out wrong, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I hope we do. It's healthy for you. <laughs> but come on, our relationship with God, the presence of God in our life, sometimes it, it kind of 
it kind of flows out of us, and it should. It, it should flow out into our relationship with others. Sometimes emotionally we're spent, and, and we need to be filled back up again. When we receive the Spirit of God, he, he comes and He dwells within us. And sometimes there's a moment, there's an initial baptism in the Holy Spirit that takes place. And it's, it's power on high that comes, comes on us. But there's an indwelling. There's, God is in us. And like the, uh, the feeding trough you see on farms, where the water level goes down and, the, and the, as the ball goes down, and it, it triggers at a particular level the pump, the valve opens to then fill the tank back up again. I think worship does that. Worship releases the valve for God to open up our lives again for more of Him. How much can we have? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> How much of God do you want? I, 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 just, I just think I want everything. In fact, I, I'm quite happy with it flowing out of me. I want to be like those anointed men that walked through the, the, the tent. They were anointed with oil and it dripped down their bodies and it went all the way down their knees and into their toes. And as they walked, there were oily footprints. Beautiful. Come on, I want to live that kind of a life that people are going, what? What is that? What's, what's, what's that? What's that? We've got some anointed people. Juanita, have you ever spent a minute with her? Just one minute with this woman? <laughs> If you are not more encouraged after a minute with this woman, then I don't know what's wrong with you because she just oozes Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit fills you and you just pour it out. That's the life I want to live. I want people to, people to get better because they've just hung out with me. And then God gets all the glory for it. They don't go, Mike, you're amazing. They go, man, God, you must be incredible because you did that in Mike. That's the testimony. What does the filling do? <laughs> Why do we need to be filled? Because what's in us comes out of us. And if all the junk and all the stuff and all the mess and all those things, if that's in me, that comes out of me. Once I get squeezed, once you squeeze me, the good or the bad will come out. If it's bad, it'll come out. Come on, you just try driving on the motorway in Auckland. You'll find out what's in you. One way, Jesus, or is another salute that we give. Woo! But come on, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what comes out of us. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, guess what? Outflows love. We've got enough for us and we've got enough for others. Joy. It's like I'm in the middle of a trial, but you know what? We're going to get through it. We're going to be okay. We're facing chemo. But God, we got this. I got this disability and it's, and, it's, and it's stopping me. But no, it's not because God, my joy is on you. What about peace? Peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. Come on. In, this, in these times, we need His peace more than ever before. All the stuff that's swirling and we're worried about that. Don't worry about that. Jesus has come that we might have peace. Let's rest and settle in His peace. Patience. Anyone need some patience? Waiting. Waiting, God. Be patient. Patience. Kindness. About a bit of kindness. I think the world needs a lot of kindness right now. Yeah. You know what? No, you go in front of me, no problem. You know, you know what that does just in a supermarket? Rather than pushing somebody out of the way to get your spot. 
I actually, yeah, I've spoken about this before, but I love, I love our city. I love the fact that yeah, there's a good culture when you're driving. People just flash the lights and, no, no, you have my space. Jump in there. That's great. How many people love that? I, th- I think, what a blessing. It's like, no, no, after you. And then I just pray for them as I'm trailing them. It's like, God bless you. Yeah, what a great thing. Try that one. The person that cuts you off, takes your gap, just pray for them. You're trailing them. You can chase them down and tell them off, or you can just pray for them and bless them in Jesus' name. Come on, there's a whole ministry right there. Best response of the day. (laughs) Kindness. Goodness. Come on. I reckon there's some goodness that can come out of our hearts, out of the Holy Spirit. Fill people with courage just being around you. Faithfulness. Be more faithful to God and to others. Gentleness. But a gentleness would go a long way. A gentle answer turns away wrath, the Bible tells us. Just a simple bit of gentleness in a conversation. Somebody comes in ready for a fight. It's like you can just, just change the atmosphere by being gentle in your response. You can still be just as truthful. Fantastic. How about self-control? Self-control. Left right at the end. Yeah, just to sum it all up. Yeah, self-control. A little bit of self-control. We all need some self-control and all of this comes from Holy Spirit. It's what He wants to give us. He wants to fill us so that that would flow out of us. That would be who we become. Because then people look at us and go, how, how do you respond that way? I can only do it because God's done it in me. Anyone want to worship this morning? Before we do that, I want to talk about the importance of surrender. Because for some of us here today, maybe you've never surrendered your life fully to God. You've never said, God, I I give you everything. I I know I've been living a life that doesn't honor you. I've been, you know, there's been things that have happened in my life that I'm, I'm, I I just feel like I'm a bad person. And, And God says, I love you regardless. But we have an incredible choice that we get to make as God made a choice and as Jesus made a choice to die on the cross, we have a choice to accept that forgiveness that he would extend to us. And friends, today, that forgiveness is extended to you and to me. If anyone believes in him, we don't have to perish. We can have eternal life. So as I pray this prayer, would you pray this prayer with me, asking God to forgive you? Set you free from your sin. Forgive your debt that would lead to death. Receive his forgiveness and walk in eternal life, new life and hope with him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you, would you pray this prayer with me today? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven. Please forgive me. I turn from my old way of living and I choose to follow you. Holy Spirit, thank you that you now live in me. I need your help. I need your power, your presence to be able to face the trials of this life. Thank you for your help. In Jesus' name.